Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Lock it in with Cam Rogers is presented by Bet Online, your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, golf to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your home. Get into the action today, so head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code as well, Believe. To receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. This is Lock It In, a sports betting show, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. And welcome into Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe. We've got a very special guest right here on the program, Casey Hudson, host of Casing the League, new show here on Believe. Also, BetQL analyst, overall betting extraordinaire. Casey, what is up? Hi, Cam. I almost said good morning. It's good afternoon. I already talked with you about how this morning went. But other than that, it's such a great uh great day we're heading into the summer times it's exciting hockey except for last night that embarrassment by the Dallas Stars and Mm. now we live to see if LeBron finally retires and if the heat can shut down the doubters it's a lot of excitement just a lot of storylines I know storylines to track especially with the summer vibes coming Memorial Day weekend any plans this weekend by the way um, to be as low key as possible. <laughs> it's been crazy because hockey's still going and then trying to start preparing for football season. It's just finding the sweet spot for those off season moments because off seasons don't exist anymore. So they're off season moments. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm right. going to relax and find some water time, either the beach or the pool and call it a weekend. What about you? There you go. I love it. I've got actually a wedding at Congressional Golf Club, Lottie Daw in Maryland. Oh, so- that should be interesting. That is on Sunday. And then Saturday, a little golf, little uh, cookout action. So, you know, got to detox to retox now. You know what I mean? So a lot of <laughs> yoga and sweating before the uh, drinking begins. So Before you load up. There you go. Exactly. Well, hey, let's talk about what went down last night. Nights, stars, game three, hardly a game. The Knights Ugh. crushed Dallas. They're up 3-0. and The obvious answer to my question, is this over, is yes. Is there any shot here, Casey, with Dallas? I'm going to go with a hard no, and I'm usually more of an optimist, but the reason I just can't find any positives in this lining right now is because you have a huge game three, and you played your most undisciplined emotional hockey that we've seen yet. And 
you know, Ottinger has had his inconsistent moments, but I was praising this guy a couple weeks ago for what he was producing between the pipes. I thought he was going to kind of be the stronghold for this Dallas team, but Dallas is looking to have no defense. They're looking to be undisciplined. They're looking to be playing more emotional than strategic. And you can't do that versus a Vegas Golden Knights team that has like six or seven guys who have already won a Stanley Cup and an upper hand when it comes to veteran experience. So they're just kind of being edged out in a number of boxes from discipline to veteran presence to defense, which was already a huge conversation heading into this matchup. And then you've got Aiden Hill, who's just has this composure and is producing so well uh, for goaltending for them. And he's not even their top goaltender. He's like their third string guy. So uh, I've kind of ruled it out now because even if Dallas comes back and wins a game or two, I don't think they have that Stanley Cup experience and that level headedness to, you know, make a 3-0 comeback. Give me a history lesson here with hockey. (laughs) Obviously, we know in the NBA, they have never come back down 0-3 any team ever. Has Mm -hmm. anybody in the NHL? Yes, there has been a couple teams in the NHL. Um, I want to say that the Capitals were one of those teams that managed to do so. Uh, The Bruins, and then there is a Canadian team, which I cannot put my finger on which one that was able to make that 3-0 comeback. So it has happened a number of times. Um, As for conference finals, it's not as popular as like round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs is where we've seen that kind of happen a couple more times. The Tampa Bay Lightning was actually one of the teams that made a a comeback. Um, It was three years ago being down 0-3 in Your the team, second right? round. My team, yeah. My, okay. my predominant coverage team. So it does happen a bit more than it does in the NBA. Um, that's the exciting part about playoff hockey. It's just like, it's lucky bounces, it's goaltending, but it's also your guys that can find ways to score regardless of their opponent and anything can happen in hockey. Five minutes left in the NHL is just an immense amount of time more than hmm. any other sport because if yeah. things bounce, then the game changes. You know, it's interesting because in the NBA playoffs, a lot of players will sort of save themselves for the next game. So the Mm -hmm. last five minutes maybe won't be as dramatic as, say, in the hockey sphere, if you will. Really interesting analysis there. All right, let's talk about tonight. We've got Hurricanes, Panthers, praying for more competitiveness compared to last night, Casey. Uh, What do you make of this matchup here? We've got the Panthers minus 106 on the money line, Hurricanes minus 104. I know. I like the Panthers minus 106 on the money line for a number of reasons. Being able to have this game for at home is such a big deal for the Panthers, not because their home record is this like awesome, you know, tremendous record, but they're three and three right now at home. Um, and they just have this ability to be more consistent on home ice. And the consistency that we're looking for in this major game for a matchup is going to come down to Sergei Brabowski. If he can continue to come up strong with the saves that he's doing, then he's going to help swing in favor for his team to pull off a win. And when it comes to mixing up the lines, so covering the Tampa Bay Lightning, head coach John Cooper is one of the top coaches in the league for throwing his line in the lines in the blenders. So when he needs to create a momentum spark, he will change up his lines entirely. It doesn't matter what time is on the clock or what period. We're looking at two teams that don't really shuffle their lines as much, but if there is a team that tends to do it more, it's the Florida Panthers. Carolina tends to get stuck in their structure and relying on their on specific guys to get the job done, where the Panthers will get a little bit more unorthodox, especially on home ice. So you're looking at them going to try to create chances and sparks around guys like Carter Verhage, around Barkov, who's cleared to return to the game tonight, around um, Sam Bennett, around Matthew Kachuk. 
and Anthony Duclair, who's been tremendous since returning from injury. So I just think that there's a couple more things that stack in favor of the Florida Panthers, especially on home ice. And I like that money line for them to pull off that sweep. There's the value on the sweep here tonight. All right, Casey, if it is indeed, and it seems like it's going to be, Knights versus Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals, what do you make of that matchup? Jay Laz, Johnny Lazarus, also a host here on Believe, thinks it's going to be great for the game of hockey. What say you? Uh, I think it's going to be fantastic, too. For starters, Vegas Golden Knights, I think people are forgetting that they were just an expansion club, what, five years ago? So they're still very new to all of this. And with that newness, with that um, that the different rosters that they brought to the table over the last five, six seasons – They've gotten so close. They've actually had pretty deep postseason runs. They've made the playoffs more consistent than they're getting credit for. And then you've got this Panthers team who most of their accolades and recognition come from 1996. But now they're kind of riding the high of that reverse president's trophy curse. Exactly. And we're seeing so much amp and so much hype around teams that haven't had that opportunity in so long. So you've got a new expansion team who, yeah, they're still fairly new. And then you've got this team that's been around for, you know, 30-ish years, just like the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you've got players on both ends that just make this game that much more exciting to watch because it's not going to be your top NHL scores like we were talking about with the Oilers or Ajo for the Canes or, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Rangers and everyone out of the tri-state area, you're talking about guys that are going to have more of a motor on them and have more of a ability to wear down their opponents. You're looking at two strong teams that just kind of have this endurance and this third lung to play this game of hockey, which we're hopefully going to see better result on the scoreboard because of these two teams and their abilities to score and what's going to happen with their goaltenders. And I think that the Panthers are going to find themselves in a great position to show everyone that they actually are a great team top to bottom from their scorers to their defense, to their goaltending versus Vegas Golden Knights who are a little bit stronger on the defensive end. You know, I'm really curious what the price would be for both of those teams if that is indeed the Stanley Cup Finals matchup. What do you think? Who's going to be the favorite there? Oh, that's call. a hard, yeah, that is a tough call um, because we've seen Vegas just, you can't really lock put Vegas in a box. I've mm-hmm. I've learned the hard lesson with that, especially when it comes to betting. Um, because to see what they did against one of the highest offensively sound teams in the Oilers just kind of makes it that much more interesting to see how they'll pan out versus the Florida Panthers. And the Panthers are playing actual fun hockey. They're so calm. They're so composed. And it's almost getting to a point where they look unorthodox. Like there's not much of a structure there. They're just trying to smother and be an insufferable team coverage wise um florida has a bigger four checking asset in my opinion four checking plays in a huge role when it comes to trying to swing in favor of who's going to win a game um and then if Robrowski just continues to build off what he's doing and round by round statistically he's just gotten better from round one to round two two to three and three to four i would only bank or bet statistically that he will continue to increase his save percentage from every angle is sitting at a 94 percent plus which is insane to think about so I'd have to lean towards the Panthers just because of the numbers and I guess Mm. the overall consistency of the boxes that they check but I don't want to count out a team that has six seven Stanley Cup winners already that experience comes in so handy at those opportune moments and obviously a Stanley Cup final 
All this hockey lingo. I'm learning so much right now. I love it. Uh, Let's turn to the NBA, though, Casey, here. Obviously, the Lakers are no more as far as the playoffs are concerned. Now, the buzz right now is LeBron James and his future. Obviously, non-committal after getting swept about his future in the NBA. And you always have to take those responses with a grain of salt because he just got swept. What do you make of those comments? Do you think he's going to retire? Do you think he should? You know, I think that you nailed it on the head. I think that the response was still very emotionally heightened response um, because I look at it this way. Usually when guys start having this retirement discussion, it's because they're slowing down. Their numbers are kind of changing. Um, Their longevity isn't particularly there. Now, considering the injuries that LeBron faced this season, considering the games that he missed and then the numbers that he put up upon his return, you definitely have two more seasons left in you. So I think it was just more of a dramatic high. It was a tough way to go out. The last thing you want to do is overcome the Warriors the way that you did and then get swept by the Nuggets who weren't getting enough respect put on their name. So I think it was just more of like an embarrassing emotional response. Like if this is how this is going to go, I might as well make my exit now. But why not come back and correct those mistakes? Because you still got it. You don't post 30 points like it's nothing and then walk away from the game. You know, not to make this all about me, but as I was asking that question, I just automatically remembered back in my day in college when I played intramural flag football and I was quarterback. And after the games, my always my friends always love to do like press conferences after. And one game I lost like 80 to two. It was gross. And I had no (laughs) desire to talk to anybody after that game. So LeBron, I understand. I get it. Let's talk about the odds, though, Casey. This is interesting about. The next team that LeBron James will be on, if, if, of course, he is traded Mm -hmm. or, you know, something else happens with him and the Lakers. Right now, the Knicks and the Sixers are the favorites at three to one to acquire LeBron James this offseason. Is this just for fun when these odds come out or do you actually see some relevancy to him maybe getting traded? Uh, at this point, I would say it's just for fun because for starters, when he was building out his career with the with with Cleveland he wanted to stay there for the most part he's very much a loyal kind of person he wanted to make everything career-wise revolve around Cleveland also it being you know his hometown and stuff when it came to that difficult decision we saw how torn he was about if he was to go elsewhere what it would mean to him to do so and what it would take the Lakers being one of the most legendary teams out there and the history that sits behind this team is where he was more so swayed to be like, okay, if I have to make a transition, I'll do it for this historic team as in the Lakers. I don't think that that's something that comes with two, three, four teams. I mean, if there's a prize possession that an athlete holds so dear to their career and their accolades, I think it's either remaining in one Jersey or remaining in two jerseys tops, but Hmm. the less time you spend bouncing around, I think means a lot to these guys. So keeping it in LA now that his sons too, like they're getting ready to start their life and their careers in, in LA and in the California market, he's not going to want to be too far away from that. They're a big family unit, um, the James family. So I think he's going to want to stay with LA or at that point, we really are talking about retirement now for fun. If I could see him on a different team, where's the value, throw him, throw him with the 76ers. If I had to pick. Yeah. That would be fun. LeBron and Philly, that would be something. That is for sure. Okay, 
Well, I was actually set to talk to you about the NBA Finals matchup, but the Celtics did not get swept. They won <laughs> last night, obviously. And how about this line now, Casey, for Game 5? Minus 8.5 for the Celtics. The money line is majorly juiced up. Minus 305. What's going on here? Wow. Shenanigans from Vegas? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, Vegas is drinking the Boston juice. If we've learned anything from Boston sports this season is you don't turn around and get that juiced up about anything. Wow. Um, no offense, Boston fans. I have a lot of love and respect for you all, I swear. But uh, yeah, I don't understand how they'd get that juiced up because the heat controlled the first half of the game. That's for sure. But what we're seeing, and that's what we typically see with deep runs is that when you're relying on one athlete to throw the team on their back, you're not going to see much success there consistently. Now, obviously Tatum has been able to do that for the Boston Celtics, but we haven't seen, and we've seen him be able to, you know, pull that momentum game by game by game and going from the second series to the third series. But I think the heat will do better to kind of distribute the ball a little differently not trying to make it the jimmy butler situation they've been down when it comes to having healthy guards that can actually produce and where they benefited to have such a strong start was the fact that they had that extra time off and their veterans needed that but you need kevin love to come in and be helpful and have more than a seven minute night he only played five minutes the night before so i think if they start distributing the ball a little differently we're going to see the heat you know, close the deal here. Celtics, they're relying on Tatum to get it done. White, he showed up tremendously. I will say that, but we haven't seen him consistently roll those statistics over game by game by game. So I think it's a little juice for Boston to say that they're going to uh, take another game. So you are leaning money line plus 255 with the Heat? Yeah. Okay. You don't All seem right. to, you seem to hate that. <laughs> well, I feel like, I don't know what to really think of this Celtics team. Like to your point, they're just so frustrating. Cause it's hard to understand like what you're going to get from them. I feel like they escaped from that 76ers series, honestly. Uh, you know, to and make a lot it of people got high on that. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I looking at statistically comparing the Celtics to the heat heading into this, like, did I expect a sweep like everyone thought that was going to happen to the Heat? Absolutely not. But did I expect a bigger battle or maybe like a split result at this point between the Heat and the Celtics? Absolutely. So a lot of it comes down to the to how the guards can step up. And obviously the Boston Celtics have healthier guards. And Smart's been tremendous. White's been tremendous. Tatum is throwing the team on his back. But as for the experience, I mean, I always go back to experience for playoffs mm -hmm. conversations. And I think the Heat just kind of the upper hand there. And I think it's going to help them at the end of all of this. So I don't know. It's well, tough. Here's what I'll say. ALCS 2004, Red Sox down 0-3, win four straight against the Yankees. And of course, they go on to win the World Series. And that was the first time a team has ever come back from that. So, hey, we could see it with the Celtics <laughs> this season. Okay, turning to the NFL here, Casey, let's talk about some interesting futures that you actually pointed me to. You can bet on yes. teams to start 5-0 and to the year. Chiefs and Bills are the favorites at plus 650. Where is the value in your opinion? Um, so this was a fun one for me just because you look at what changes took place in the offseason, what the draft grades were, and you want to lean towards showing some love for the bills. The bills have been this close, but no cigar team for what three seasons now, mm -hmm. four seasons. And uh, as a fan, not me, but as a fan base, I'm sure it's tough to watch. And as somebody who's covered the NFL for going on nine years now, it's just like, you want to see them finally get the job done. 
Um, but looking at their first five games of the season, they already lost to the Miami Dolphins last year. I think it was like week three. They have the Dolphins early on again. They have the Jets and the hype of Aaron Rodgers. And so if they don't attack the beginning of the season mentally strong. They're not going to go five and zero. Oh. Not saying they're not a mentally strong team. I have a lot of trust in this staff and stuff. But I think that they rather have that that build up and make those slow changes game by game rather than trying to come out the gate hot. I think Eagles have a better chance of being another team that starts five and zero. Oh. They did it last year. Their opening season is pretty much replicated to what like who they face again. Um, but if I was to take a swing for the fence, I think the Miami Dolphins have a chance to open up five and zero. Oh. To a yeah. mania. <laughs> you gotta you gotta give it to the guys that made the right changes in the offseason. And Miami was fun to watch and their their offense was quite explosive regardless of the injury prone roster that they had. It was the fact that they weren't strong defensively. They couldn't stop their opponent from scoring points and matching what they were doing. So they made some movements to pick up on defense. And I think that they're putting themselves in the prime position to learn from those mistakes and get off to at least a hotter start than last year. And I think last year, I mean, through five games, I think they only had two losses. Mm. Well, here's what I will say about playing in Miami, as you probably know, in September, mm-hmm. October, hot, humid, tougher team like Buffalo or those northern teams, right? The atmosphere. Oh, yes. So they have the upper hand, the Dolphins do. I wonder what the number is. Maybe 11 to 1 to start, 5 and 0, oh, something like that for the Dolphins. Yeah. Pretty yes. good value. But you're totally right. I mean, that's where the the weather factor plays such a huge role. I mean, it's the hottest ever in August and September down here in Florida. And these guys are conditioning through those through those right. elements. You know, they got all the puke out of their system. They passed out a number of times at training camp and now they're ready to go and use that to their advantage. And it's funny because I think it was like four Pro Bowls ago. I got a chance to interview TJ Watt because um, I wanted to know like where the up where where players kind of find themselves having an upper hand. And he was the one who was telling me that like weather actually where you played in college, where you played before your college career, where you play in the NFL, all that experience helps you have an upper hand. So him being from Wisconsin and dealing with snow and playing outside as well as inside and learning how to like warm up in those negative temperatures. He's like playing anywhere else is cake for me, except for when we get to Florida and I have to deal with heat strokes. And I was like that totally makes sense unless you're tom brady you can play in zero degrees and also 90 and win super bowls apparently that's it so. yeah it's just he's a chameleon he could just readjust great way to put it yeah he's just one of a kind clearly <laughs> tom brady the goat as they say casey hudson joining lock it in with cam rogers casey thank you so much for the time how can the people follow you Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you for having me, Cam, and welcoming me to the Believe family. You can find me at the Sports Case, K A S E, and that's on all social media platforms. And then, of course, Casing the League, being a brand new show with Believe, which I'm so stoked about, just more hockey talk and nerding out over it. It's really not to intimidate anyone because hockey jargon, as you said, it's, it's its own ballpark. But um, uh, I created a page for that, Casing the League, K A S I N G. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Believe Network. Casey Hudson, joining Lock It In. Thanks so much. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.